Welcome to 10 Minutes, the Breakout Investor Podcast. In this episode, we are updating the community on DimeCorp, ticker D-M-I-F-F, and providing an update is the breakout investor who introduced the name, Florian Buschek. But first, a disclaimer, no one on this call is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. This podcast is for information purposes only. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investors Discussion app, which you can access via your browser at app.breakoutinvestors.com, or you can download the mobile app by visiting the Apple or Android App Store. The application and much of the research content is free. Now to our topic, DimeCor, ticker D-M-I-F-F. Florian, we did a couple of uh, short form podcasts about DimeCorp in June of this year, and we did a call with management in August. Are there What are the updates that uh, breakout investors should be aware of with respect to DimeCorp? So first of all, thanks, Scott. And just in terms of the stock price, we have first talked about DimeCorp in June, where it was around 20 cents US, I think. We are now at around 29 cents, and it was quite a wild ride in between. Um, The stock has peaked at around 42 cents. And we had some, just in terms of the the dynamics around the stock trading, we had um, some significant events. Specifically, there was a forced warrant exercise. So because the stock ran so hard, there were um, a few million warrants um, accelerated. And um, the company made use of that to get the cash because obviously right now that is very useful to them compared to much later when they will be cash flow positive anyway. I just want to make sure that the listener follows. The stock ran, so there were some outstanding warrants. They probably were related to an earlier capital raise. And these warrants had a provision in them that they were mandatorily convertible if the company stock traded above some threshold level, probably for a period of time. And as you said, the stock ran up to in the 40s, uh, 40 cents US. This triggered the mandatory conversion or the mandatory exercise. So there were folks who had to put down money to the company's benefit and take the stock. That was the setup uh, over the last couple of weeks. That's exactly right, yeah. And and we have seen those uh, large sellers put a tremendous amount of pressure on the stock. And so it basically pulled back from the mentioned 42 cents to a low of around even 20, 25 cents, something like that. And it has since recovered. So one of the important aspects is um, that I have organized a couple of these, one of these sellers, especially, in a very large transaction to be taken out completely. Um, a few people in the community had the opportunity to buy at a very discounted price. The stock bounced back immediately. And since then, we have seen the selling pressure subside completely. All right, so, so let me, let me just review that. In terms of the, the stock action. Let me just review that. So the, the parties that had to exercise the warrants, obviously they were in communication with the company because they would have to arrange for payment and the issuance of the shares. Absolutely. And in that process, they indicated to management that um, they were sellers of these shares. That information was communicated to the street or to certain, you know, through, through some investors. And there was a great big clearing day uh, uh, earlier this week. A bunch of shares, maybe 2 million shares crossed in the $24, $25, $0.25 cent range. 
After yeah. those sellers cleared, that overhang was gone. The stock bobbed back up, I think almost to 30, didn't it? Maybe even, maybe even 31 cents. That's correct, yeah. Okay. And the hope is that all of the sellers that were in the market driving down the price participated in that event. Yet to be seen if that's the case, but that's the hope. And if that is the case, then the stock should uh, find a, a, a nice home somewhere between 25 cents and 42 cents in the very near future. That's correct. And, and it's also important to note that these seller, sellers were not sellers for fundamental reasons. They are very committed and very friendly shareholders still of the companies and very large shareholders. But it's just that they had basically enough shares already, right? And, and that was the reason why they sold a certain percentage of their holding. That's okay. basically it. Well, that's an important event. What, what updates do you have operationally with respect to Dynacore? So operationally, the company has basically executed on everything they told us they were going to do. Um, phase one is completed now. They have issued a, an official press release um, saying that all of that is completed and they're now slowly ramping up production. So I'm expecting every quarter to look better now. And all of this will culminate in phase two which is set to be completed by mid of 2022. Okay, what was phase one and what is phase two? So phase one is basically going from trial mining and very small scale mining to doubling production. That has been done already. So the fundamentals, the foundations are in place to double production. They don't do it in one step, they do it slowly to avoid making unforced errors basically. And that's why we should see every quarter better production numbers, higher sales numbers. So DimeCore should be understood as a company that was in a development phase with respect to the mine right up until around the time of COVID. They were going to go into significant production, but then COVID shut them down. In South Africa, I, th I think most business was shut down for an extended period of time. Over the course of the last year, year plus, the company has shifted, they've been acquiring equipment, and they have been very much going into dedicated production. They've got product that they're mining on a daily basis, and they're uh, taking their product, which is raw diamonds, uh, to the Dubai Diamond Exchange on a semi-monthly basis. So the company is beginning to earn revenue now. And as you say, the plan is to ramp that production under these phases, phase one, phase two, and maybe phase three. Phase one is more or less what I just described. Uh, please correct me if I got anything wrong and then go ahead and tell us what phase two is. That's correct. So they sell these diamonds either in Dubai or Antwerp, so wherever these auctions are. And it happens usually three times per quarter. It might happen at more frequency as they ramp production. But yeah, everything you said is, is basically correct. So they, they have already revenue. They, they managed to fund everything from current production. So there's no future dilution to be expected at all. They are very strictly looking at that. And phase two will basically be adding three key new machines from a certain Russian manufacturer. These machines will make the whole process much more efficient. So they will save on fuel, they will save on manpower and they will double all of their production volumes again. 
these machines are two of them are already ordered and expected to be delivered in basically q1 of next year and the third machine that is a bit in the air right now so they are having the prospect of a deal to buy basically a used machine with some equipment around it for a big discount um, it's not clear if this is actually going through because South Africa being South Africa, um, not every deal is as good as it looks. So they're right now doing more due diligence on that. Are these three machines themselves phase two? When, when you say phase two, is this what we mean? Buying, uh, acquiring and putting into production these three machines? Correct, yeah. And uh, when they put these three machines in, uh, their operations will be more efficient, cheaper. How about their production? So production should double yet again. And because these machines are so efficient, um, basically costs will not increase at all, or if only marginally. And that's where you will see operating leverage kick in. Uh, this is great leverage through capital equipment. The way you've described it, they won't have any incremental costs other than the capital equipment purchase. Once they've got these things in place, their existing operations, same manpower, will be able to deliver two or three times as much as we've seen historically. Is that right? Correct, yeah. Um, that is in, in terms of volume. So the, the raw volumes will at least double. And because these machines are that much more efficient in, in screening the rocks and the dirt, basically, um, not only will the production volume, the tonnage go up, but also the number of carrots that they can recover. And so they are aiming at getting to around 10,000 carats per month. That puts them on a worldwide scale and actually quite a high position so that they will probably not going to be ignored anymore by the analyst community. So Dean expects at that point that they will also get analyst coverage. Well, that's fantastic, uh, Florian. I think we'll talk about this once more uh, uh, in the near future, but for now that's 10 minutes. We are Breakout Investors. This podcast is meant as an easy on-ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration we do. Please join us for discussion on DimeCore and for other small and microcap names with catalysts on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com, or you can get the mobile app via download at the Apple or Android App Store. The Breakout 10-Minute Podcast is syndicated and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. Listen and give us a five-star review. Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, not breakout investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither breakout investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor. No one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.